it hurts when you don't get the invite and everyone else is getting the invites and you're not. You're sitting there at a Saturday night you know, <laughs> in your prom dress and no one's invited you out. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Talking With My Mouthful. I am David Leet, the founder of the website Leet's Culinaria. And I'm Amy Traverso of Yankee Magazine and the PBS show Weekends with Yankee, which actually premieres new season this weekend. Yay! Yeah. So hey Amy, how are you? I'm good. How was your food fortnight? It was a good fortnight. I made mm-hmm. a birthday cake for my mom. We were celebrating her birthday. Yeah, I know. I saw that. It was Paul Hollywood's, right? It was. Yeah, I made Paul Hollywood's uh-huh. <laughs> Victoria sponge. Yeah, I posted some like step-by-step photos. So I did his sponge, but mm-hmm. I added a rose water syrup to pour mm-hmm. over the sponge. Very and then nice. I did. My mom really likes whipped cream. So I made whipped cream, but I stabilized it with some cream cheese, just a little bit, but it really helps. Very nice. And then um, I did like a raspberry, strawberry coulis, just like Mm -hmm. some fruit and sugar, cooked it down. So it's kind of a mixture of like the whipped cream, the layers, and then the berries. And I had fresh berries all through. It was really, it was great. It was fun. And it was springy, springy, springy. Mama must have liked that. She did. She liked it a lot. (laughs) How about you? How was your food for? Fortnite. My food fortnight was good. Actually, tonight we're doing an entire Portuguese meal. So I have these Ooh. Portuguese crackers that I make, which is manchego cheese and my spice blend, which has got nice. all kinds of spices in it. And then there's flour and there's uh, salt and other things in it. And they're just wonderful. And then I'm doing, basically, you've had this a million times now, the clams and sausage, the cataplana. I but love But I'm making that. it with mussels this time. Nice. They just seem so plump and lovely. And then I'm making a Portuguese mousse, which is Ooh, what's that? A little di- well, it's a little different than French mousse or, or other mousses because what's interesting is that it's much thicker. And then when you're oh. making it and, and you serve it, you kind of stir it so it takes some of the air out. So it's more of a, like a pudding than a mousse. Huh. So this is dessert. Yeah, it's a dessert, but you make oh, okay. it like a mousse. I don't know why they they stir it like that to take some of the air out, but they do. Uh-huh. And it's served with sea salt and crushed pink peppercorns on Ooh, top. Ooh, sweet and salty. Mm-hmm. And the peppercorns, the pink peppercorns on top are lovely. Oh, that sounds great. Just a nice floral hit there, which is nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I saw that in the news this week, we had some breakfast-related news. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Yes. Yes, go ahead. All right. So, cup noodles is introducing- I always thought it was cup-o noodles. Wasn't it cup-o noodles when we were kids? Someone took the O out. Really? I don't don't remember that. Like cup-o apostrophe noodles. Oh, oh, wait. I do remember that. I actually do remember that. Cup-o noodles. They get rid of the O. (laughs) They must have. So they have these this new line of breakfast flavors. This is news from uh, Food and Wine, and uh, and they're doing a breakfast ramen, which so it is ramen mm-hmm. as per their usual thing, but right. it's got notes of pancake, sausage, and egg. That's the flavor. <laughs> Look at Adam's face. Look at Adam. He's, <laughs> he's like, just shaking. Producer his head. Adam is shaking his head. No, he's a no on that one. Hard. You pass. know. You probably think I'm going to be really against this. I have to say, no, I have a 14 Amy. year old. I have a 14 year old who lives on cup noodles. I mean, not only on cup noodles, but they are a favorite. Uh-huh. I'm not going to judge because <laughs> I need to be a cool mom, David, and oh. I'm not going to judge the cup noodles. I have very oh. little pull with my mm-hmm. teenager, so. Okay. 
I need to just embrace <laughs> embrace what they like. <laughs> Whatever happened to the old days when it was Count Chocula cereal and it was Booberry <laughs> cereal? Remember those? And Frankenberry yes. cereal. Those were the days. That was breakfast. <laughs> that was breakfast. You know, my mom was a dental hygienist, so we were never allowed to have those flavors. Those oh, I, Count yeah, Chocula was my absolute favorite. Now, mm. there is another breakfast one. I think this is kind of nice. I guess it is breakfast, but Pop-Tarts is launching a new flavor. Mm-hmm. And it is frosted banana bread pop tarts. Now, see, I think that sounds lovely. That to me works. Look at Adam shaking his head. Yep, producer Adam <laughs> likes that one. That's a yes for him. And I it's think, Adam. See, he likes it. <laughs> hey, Adam. He likes it. He likes everything. Uh, so I think that works. What I think is lovely though is there's a crochet artisan, London K is her name, and mm-hmm. she's made Granny Square crochet pattern sweaters, and they look like uh, pop tarts, and it's a whole sweater. And you can buy it. There's only, I think there's only 60 of them. And it's only $45. Wow. I mean, I'm sure they're already sold out. But I think that's adorable. And we want to give London K a shout out because they are lovely. They are fun. And then Pop-Tart, I've always adored you. So I'm going to go with you on this one. But cup noodles, uh uh-uh, that's a thumbs down from me. Okay. Well, I'm not saying I'm even going to try them. I'm just not going to complain if they end up in my house. Well, I understand, but you're going to try them. I know you. You're going to try them. <laughs> and you're going to come back Look, next I time. Do you're lo- gonna- oh, speaking of... I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Go ahead. What? Do you... Have you tried the um, Dave Chang Momofuku noodles, the ramen noodles? They're like instant. No, they're they so good? good. Yes. Yeah. We can't get anything here in Connecticut. It's a culinary wasteland. Well, try ordering them online. He just got this massive infusion of venture capital to expand no, his did. brand. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, the quality is really good. Really? And the flavors yeah. are traditional flavors, right? We're yeah. not doing yeah. wacko, you know, maple <laughs> no kind of. Right, thing. right, right, right. <laughs> oh, good. All right. I, mean, I, I shall check that out. That will be on okay. my list of things to order because, like I said, here, culinary cemetery. Oh my God, there's nothing here. It's terrible. (laughs) So Ames, now that we've turned a corner, this is the first spring and summer, the third one since COVID, that I actually feel comfortable entertaining a large group. Mm. And I I kind of lost some of my mojo. And I think everyone wants to have these big sort of parties and dinner parties. And I think it's the time to pull out all the stops and really impress all of your friends who haven't had your cooking in so long, but you have a great phrase. It's impressed without the stress, mm-hmm. which I yeah. think is great. So let's just start from the beginning. Do you like to entertain? I do. I mean, I definitely fell out of the habit, obviously, mm-hmm. during COVID, but sure. I have been entertaining in the past, I don't know, eight months, six months, maybe more consistently. And it's been a real blessing to see people gathered around the table. Yeah, it has been. How about you? I do. I like to entertain. The problem is I'm never without anxiety. No matter what yes. I do, I'm always stressed because yes. I find that entertaining is great, but I want it to be perfect. So all of my perfection starts to kick in, all of like this OCD thing of I have right. to make it perfect. Right. Uh, and I'm starting to let that go. I actually, well, we actually had guests the other day and I made that incredible mac and cheese with the brie and everything mm-hmm. and I under seasoned it and I just let it go. Good for I you. just let it go. Me and, <laughs> me and Elsa from Frozen, I just let it go and it was okay. And so I do like to entertain. I like the idea of big dinner parties or big parties. 
the one doesn't, he likes two people, mm-hmm. maybe four. I like the idea of having a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think because of what I do for a living, and I, I know you relate to this, every mm. dinner party feels a little bit like a referendum. On Absolutely. Our, yeah, on your sort of mm-hmm. talent. And if you have yeah. an off night, it can feel like, it just feels like, I don't want to be narcissistic. It does feel a little bit like maybe people's expectations are a little higher than they would be of the average They bear. are. I know they are. But I also know they're my friends and they don't really, you know, they don't really judge me, but... <laughs> But, you know, I once heard Ina Garten say that part of her appeal was that cooking isn't easy for Mm -hmm. her. And so she has this innate Mm -hmm. understanding of what it's like for people in the kitchen who don't have like this, you know, confidence of some kind of Michelin starred chef. And I think that is part of her appeal. She doesn't make it look too easy because then you just feel alienated. Mm -hmm. Another way I sometimes feel alienated is I don't get that many invites over to other people's houses for dinner. Nobody cooks. Neither do I, I. They don't understand Nobody that for, for me, me. <laughs> for Damn me, it. a grilled cheese and tomato <laughs> soup meal would be heaven. Like, I don't care. I say that. I say, you know what? A yes. hamburger with, you know, a piece of cake and I'm fine. Oh, no, I can't <laughs> serve you a hamburger. No. I'm yeah. like, yes, you can, darling. Yeah. Yes, you can. A lot of people don't like to invite, and I understand that, but it's still, it, it hurts when you don't get the invite and everyone else is getting the invites and you're not, you're sitting there at a Saturday night you know, in your prom dress and no one's invited you out. Well, let's say this, everybody has a finite amount of time and certainly we have talked about this before, the days where we would spend three days preparing for a dinner party are gone. Like I'm, gone. I'm a lot more practical now. And yep. in fact, Dory Greenspan said that when they moved to their house in Connecticut more full time and they're the nearest yeah. grocery store is like mm-hmm. 30 minutes away, she had to become a much more yeah. practical and efficient cook. I think it just happens yep. maybe with, with time. Absolutely. And where she lives though, she's not in a culinary wasteland. <laughs> they do have better food down there because they have a lot of great stores. They're not in, right. in Litchfield County. But tell me, what are some of your tips if you want to cook to impress without stress that will help people put on a show without really you know, straining themselves and stressing themselves? Okay, well, I made a list, as I know you did too, of some of our mm-hmm. favorite tips. Yep. The first one is to outsource whatever kind of welcome food you want to have. So yes, do I love a basket of freshly baked gougeres? Absolutely. I think it's the most wonderful way to welcome somebody. But I make a cheese platter and I get a couple good cheeses. I always have some sort of jam in the fridge and I'll put that in a bowl or maybe quince paste if I have it. And Mm -hmm. then some olives in a bowl because I'll usually have that. Couple decent crackers, you're done. And some breakfast ramen there too. <laughs> <laughs> and people can just walk in and they see food and they know they're not going to be hungry and there's yeah. variety. Maybe put some dried apricots if you have them. They're just happy to see that. And now, yes. you know, and so that's one, like outsource what you can. Do not feel ashamed about buying the starter and the dessert and just make a salad and the main course if that's what makes it easier. I agree with you, although I will never outsource my dessert. I just like to make the dessert, but I, I do too. other things, other things things I will. I'll add to that. One of the things that we do, we always start with bubbles. No matter what we're doing, it always starts with bubbles. That's really nice. Kava, champagne, anything. We just start with bubbles. It just makes people happy. Bubbles are Mm -hmm. are a happy kind of drink. And as soon as someone comes in, it's the first thing we put in their hands. So Mm -hmm. they've got something, there's a toast that goes on. And we also have this 
this pig chalkboard. So it's shaped like a pig and it's a chalkboard and we'll welcome them. So if you were coming, it'd be like, oh, welcome Amy and Scott. And we never tell people it's there. And eventually they find it mm-hmm. and they see it. And it's just, it's a little touch of like, isn't that nice? And they feel very welcome. So that's always something that we do. And to add to your platter too, this is something that our neighbor, William down the street did. And I was so impressed with this. He got potato chips. And mm-hmm. he got a collection of nuts. He put them on a sheet pan and he warmed them. Oh. So you're eating warmed potato chips. It was outrageously good. I don't think I've ever had it. And of course, the warm nuts. Everyone wants to have warm nuts. And <laughs> and of course, they were lovely too. But the potato chips, that was a revelation to me. And it was just plain old ruffles or some ridged potato chips that he got. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It really oh, was good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, the other easy thing to do to really make it feel special is mm-hmm. light candles. And you don't have to buy expensive beeswax candles. Mm-hmm. I learned a trick from someone. If you take cheap candles and you put them in your freezer for a little while, they don't drip as much. They don't make as really? much of a mess. Yeah. Did so not know that. having candles around the room immediately, like you could be literally serving DiGiorno pizza, but it will right. feel like a special <laughs> meal. And one thing that the one does, and I think this is wonderful, we have a family room, a dining room, and a living room on the first floor, of course, with the kitchen. And what he does is he starts appetizers in the family room. That's nice. I mean, hors d'oeuvres, so you have little snacky snackies, and there's a certain kind of music that plays. And then we go to the dining room, and that's mm-hmm. where the meal plays. And there's another set of music, and then we have dessert and coffee or whatever in the living room. It's sort of like this very peripatetic meal. It just Mm -hmm. goes from room to room to room. I think it gives people a sense of like, wow, this is really lovely. It's moving along. And -hmm. really all you've done is appetizer, entree, dessert, you know, and hors d'oeuvres and they love it, but gives it a little special feel. That's great. I love that idea. I'm going to, I get often a little bit stuck where I might be finishing up dinner in the kitchen. Mm. So everybody gathers in the kitchen and then I I just put out the cheese in the kitchen and we're all standing around. I, I like your approach much better. Does that bother you? people being in the kitchen Oh when my you're God, cooking. I hate it. I hate it. In mm. fact, we did a renovation. I mean, I, <laughs> sorry, everybody who's been at my house. Um, when we moved into our house, we did some renovations. The one and, you're in now. Yeah. I love that kitchen. And the architect wanted to put an extra door that connected the living room to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, it'll open it up. It'll give it flow. I was like, I don't want flow. I don't want people <laughs> right. in the kitchen. Like close it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because I think partly my brain I'm a little ADD and like when I have people in there and I'm also trying to focus on what I'm making. You lose track. I lose track. So yeah. yeah. And also I cook from recipes like a good cook should. Right. And I don't want them seeing the fact that I've got recipes taped all over the place and I'm following <laughs> them. Also, it's like, yeah, but I mean, I do that. Adam, do you have people come into the kitchen when you're cooking? I'm not the one cooking for people. That's not nice to do. <laughs> <laughs> when your wife is cooking, do people come in the kitchen? Well, I'll say this. Jess's Mm. mother, my mother-in-law, is a big-time entertainer. Yeah, They're always the party hosts. But, oh, my God, Amy, it sounds like you're cut from the same cloth. She's very nice about it until she's not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, so, yeah, you you just don't bug. I find it stressful. And the one, he's in real estate. And all of these open floor plans from living room and dining mm-hmm. room and kid, he doesn't like it. And I, you know, I always thought, no, I, I thought I did, but I don't because I get stressed out. So that's another yeah. way that people can be stressed less is get all of your guests out of the kitchen. Just get them out. Yeah. 
It's a good plan. Just put the food somewhere where you want them to be and yeah. they'll go over there. And then have your husband or who, your your spouse or whomever's with you getting them away and entertaining them there so you can do your stuff. But there's always someone coming in saying, can I help you? Do you need any help? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't. Go, go sit down. Go away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I need your help after dinner's over yeah. when you the dishes need doing. You can clean up for me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But right now, no. So tell me, what are some of the dishes that you make that are easy but very impressive? So one of my favorite, most simple ways to entertain, at least in the cold weather months, although the cleanup is a little more significant, Mm. is any kind of fondue or raclette. I Mm. love Mm, having an interactive meal or, you know, hot pot, anything where you sort of just prepare a bunch of little sides or accompaniments and then you've got this central dish and everybody's gathered around the table and they're dipping and they're it's just so much fun it's so easy then all you do is make a salad and some dessert and you're done you do end up with a lot of bowls that if you know if you have a lot of different samples of things then you're going to have more bowls to clean up but it's easy it's fun and i don't know that's kind of a go-to at least once in the winter for me yeah yeah how about you well talking about having sort of communal food We just went to a dinner party hosted by the editor-in-chief of Litchfield Magazine, and she did a lovely thing. She asked me to bring the chocolate chip cookies, which was Mm -hmm. great. Great. And so I thought, fine, I'll just show up with the chocolate chip cookies. But she had asked everybody to bring something. So Uh it was kind of a potluck, but not really a potluck, because her and her friend, who was in from Mexico did this wonderful layout of chicken mole and then fried Mm. shrimp and pulled pork and all of the stuff to put on for tacos, right? And for burritos, whatever you wanted. So they had the main thing there, but one person brought in a Mexican spiced meatball dish and we brought the cookies and someone had a rum cake and people had different things. So we added the periphery, but there was a sense of ownership now. Suddenly, people were talking to each other about, I thought your meatballs were great. Oh my God, your fried shrimp was wonderful. Your cookies. And suddenly, it was such a subtle way of taking some of the work off of your plate Mm -hmm. and off of your shoulders, but at the same time, really giving people ownership and getting people to talk. Nice. And I thought that was clever. It was very clever. So that was Mary Beth, and she did a great job. So that's one thing. But as far as some of the things in winter and summer, we always do ribs. So we have right. something on the site called fall off the bone baby back ribs. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say in the winter is it's all done in the oven. Right. It's really low and slow and you cover it and you, it takes two and a half hours. And then you just bring right. it out to the grill if you need it to kind of char the outside. Mm-hmm. I've made it in the winter. I've made it in the summer. But it's so impressive to pull out these two or three racks of ribs and they're all right. slathered and everyone has their paper towels and everyone's digging in. And it's just a very simple but very impressive dish. Oh, that sounds great. I also love, you mentioned the ribs. Mm. I know a good braise is a really great way to Absolutely. go about entertaining because you it's a low and slow cooking method. You're doing a little bit of work up front and then you just pop it in the oven bada bing, and bada let bada it cook for a few hours and you get this gorgeous thing. I have in my cookbook, the Apple Lovers Cookbook, I have a cider braised pork with calvados oh, and prunes. Lovely. And some people kind of turn up their noses at prunes, call them dried plums if you have to. (laughs) They give the most gorgeous, silky texture to a braise. And then I make polenta. People always like to have polenta. It feels Mm -hmm. a little 
more special than, I don't know, rice or noodles. So that's like any kind of braised dish. It's basically always the same formula, right? You brown the meat and then you cook some aromatics, onions, garlic, carrots, celery, whatever aromatics are good mm-hmm. for you. Right. You choose your liquid, you put everything together, cover it up, let it go. And then you're you know, done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do a la minute cooking anymore. That because right. that's so stressful and everybody wants to see, oh, the flambe of something or they want to see, oh, how do you do this? And then there's all these people around you. It's like being in an operating room and I just right. I just don't like it. So I don't do any of that anymore. I don't do any a la minute cooking. I do it all, all ahead of time and then just reheat or do the finished cooking. Right, right. And you know, speaking of, of rice, People think rice is very hard to make. I can't make rice the way that people do where they have a certain amount of rice, a certain amount of water, and you bring it up to a boil and you bring it down to a simmer. It either sticks or is clumpy. I don't know why people don't make it the way that I have learned to make it originally, which was you get a big pot of boiling water, salted, you throw the rice in, and you cook it like pasta. Then you strain it. Huh. Toss it with butter a little bit of herbs, you got perfect, perfect rice. It works for short grain, long grain, for brown rice, for basmati, all of it. Really? Yes, you wouldn't do risotto in that because you want the starch. Absolutely perfect rice. I'm I'm gobsmacked. I, I've never seen that before. I'm even having You're a little bit of a hard You're time British believing. being gobsmacked. <laughs> I'm a wannabe Brit, right? I know. Um, we both are. <laughs> I'm almost having a hard time believing you, but I know you're a credible person. You know, I, I, you know, I learned it when I was in cooking school. That is fascinating. You just do it and then you just strain it. And I, that's called, I'm totally I, I think do it's that. the French technique for doing rice because I can't do the one where they do in the South. I always screw it up. I always right, screw it up. Right, right. And I find this to be, so try it tonight and see what you think. Oh, I will. I'm actually making something that will go well with rice. So that's great. But right, toss so, it immediately though with butter and whatever okay. you're going to do. Yeah. Okay. That's so interesting. All right. Yeah. Summertime, it's all about grilling, right? Mm-hmm. Marinating yep, yep, yep. some meats. One of my favorite go-tos is from Anissa Halu, who of course mm-hmm. is a beloved yeah. cookbook author and expert on all kinds of Middle Eastern, Eastern Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. So spice lamb burgers, you make these lamb patties, oh, you yeah. cook them in, you grill them in the pita bread. You grill them in the pita bread? So Good, yes. And the kind of moisture and the fat from the lamb prevents it from burning it. You get beautiful char marks on On the the pita. You would think it just blackened before the the meat cooks, but actually Mm. they cook together. But the meat doesn't get charred at all. There's no grill marks on on the meat. Right. It's wow. sort of the char is on the outside and it's crunchy mm. and delicious. And the, you season the lamb with onion and parsley and coriander, cumin, cinnamon, black pepper. And it's really quite, that's pretty much it. Salt. And then you just, you know, you make these little patties, you put them in and you grill them. I mm. love this dish mm, mm, mm. in the summer. It reminds me of something. You know how you go through phases where you're making something over and over again? So if I mm-hmm. go to a particular recipe, I go, oh, that's 1995 this summer. <laughs> right, right. And it was, it was a tuna burger uh, that was ground tuna, but mm-hmm. it was with a wasabi mayo that was mixed in with it. And it was, Ooh. and you grill it and it was just magnificent. Just loved it. We used to make it on our rooftop in Manhattan. We had a rooftop and we would do it there. So that reminds me, that's something I got to pull out. And it's so, so wicked easy. 
Oh, that sounds great. And any of those things where you marinate it or you grill it up quickly is great. Right. And it's very impressive because people are like, oh my God, you're really good at the grill. And I'm like, I'm not, yeah. but you know, I look <laughs> like I'm good at the grill. Yeah. I, you know, I did a recipe last year for Yankee Magazine, which is another sort of summer favorite. Mm-hmm. It's I wanted to do a take on a clam bake mm. on the grill, oh. but using shrimp instead of lobster because let's face it's, it, lobster is kind of a pain on the grill. I hate killing yeah. it while it's alive. Oh, so you take shrimp, you mm. cut up some corn cobs into chunks, Ooh. some linguiça, chorizo, mm-hmm. or any other spicy sausage. Yeah. Uh, Red potatoes, thinly sliced, because you have to make everything Cook little quickly. so it cooks quickly, right? Yeah. And smoked mussels that you can get in a tin that you adds love that smoky mussels. flavor, right? Mm, love them, um, love them. Some butter, some garlic, a little Old Bay, and you mm-hmm. wrap it up. I kind of put basically a layer of aluminum foil, a layer of parchment, mm-hmm. put the food on top of that with some butter, wrap it up and cook it on the grill. It only takes about 20, 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you open it up and you get the steam oh, and the yeah. aromas and it ha- it evokes the flavor of like a seaside clam bake. And you can also do mussels in there, which is delicious. That's a nice one. It's interesting because I've been craving a clam bake Ever since I saw, I think last week, the episode of Weekends with Yankee where there were these two guys and and it was you and your co-host and they were doing a clam bake in something called a stove or a kitchen or an oven. Like an, it was kind of oh, a quasi. Yes. You know what I'm talking right. about? Yes. So this was in Bar Harbor, Maine. This was amazing. Mm. Let me just back up. The problem with a clam bake is you need a private beach or you need to have permission <laughs> to yeah. use a public beach because you have to dig a hole yeah. and build a fire and heat up some rocks. And then you put mm. everything in there with the seaweed. You put lobster, corn, clams, mm, mussels. Mm, 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 uh, sometimes mm. you put hot dogs. Like in Maine, they use red hot so- yeah. uh, hot dogs. Onion, maybe. You can you know put any number of things in there. So we did this with the team that owns Eventide Oyster which is an amazing restaurant in Portland, Maine, and they own Hugo's. One of them has family that has a house near Bar Harbor. We were on the beach, and behind us were these natural geological these rocks that had like an these overhang. Sort of, almost. Yeah, they were like hollowed out by the waves, and it yeah. almost looked like an oven or a cave. There, that was pretty wild. So we were down there, and it was we, and they made a fire, and they put a big metal plancha over the fire. So mm-hmm. we cooked the clam bake on there, and oh my god, what a meal that was! It's so special, but it's not accessible to most of us. Yeah. And David, just for the record, all of these recipes that we're talking about, we will link to them. Yes, in the description for the show. It'll have all of it, absolutely. So now talking about grilling, there is this one dish that the one makes two and three times a year. People go bananas for it. And it's seared skirt steak with a salsa, right? She's fine. Just seems like a regular, regular skirt steak, but it's the salsa that really kicks it up. It's got the cilantro, onion, tomato, serrano pepper, garlic, lime juice, and then sea salt, ground pepper, coconut oil. Oh gosh! It says that or olive oil. It's the coconut that just drives people crazy. It's wonderful. And then red wine or white wine or apple cider vinegar. And you marinate it and then Mm. you make the salsa, you marinate it, and then you cook it off really quickly, slice it up and you serve it with the salsa. And I'll tell you, it is so quick, so easy. People love it and it cooks for 10 minutes. That's just 10 minutes of cooking. So you can make the salsa ahead of time and then just throw it on the grill, you're done. That's it. And that's what he does. It just, it's a great, Great recipe and so easy. Yeah. One trick I've learned is that 
food doesn't necessarily have to be complicated to make people feel like it's really special Mm -mm. if you can add an element of surprise to the meal. So, Mm -hmm. for example, I love when I'm grilling to make dessert on the grill, whether it's grilling some, you know, some pineapple or some stone fruits and then drizzling them with like a little bit of a syrup or Mm -hmm. taking a skillet and making like a blueberry crisp or a cobbler, you know, over medium heat. You just, Mm -hmm. you know, close the grill and let it cook. Indirect heat. Indirect heat, yeah. Yeah. I would heat half the grill on medium. Mm -hmm. This is a gas grill. It's a little harder to control (laughs) on a a charcoal, but you can do it. it. Get about medium heat, and then you put the skillet away from the coals or away from the burner and let it cook, and it kind of gets a little bit infused with a smoky flavor, but not a strong one. Really good for like a blueberry crisp. Also love to do this very easy. I mean, it's so easy, it shouldn't qualify, but skillet s'mores. Oh, yeah, yeah. You take some chocolate, layer on some marshmallows, and then you have graham crackers to dip in there once it all melts, and it's delicious. I mean, I think doing that stuff on the grill is also very easy too, because it's just, you have one less thing you have to worry about it going inside and doing it. I know I've made a lot of side dishes, a lot of roasted potatoes and skillets mm-hmm. on there. I have one of those large baking steels and mm-hmm. I'll put it on the grill and I'll make smash burgers. Oh, And nice. that is so easy to do because you just do yes. it. You smash it, you put your cheese, you have your onions going on one side. It's like mm. having a cooktop. People love it. It's easy and it's impressive. And they're it like, oh my smells God, amazing. Just, oh my gosh. And it gets so crispy, the edges. Yeah. It's just what you really want out of a nice smash burger, you know? I have love you ever them. had those Connecticut style burgers? They were made famous by this place called Shady Glen mm-hmm. in central Connecticut. And it's not the steam burger, which is another... That's another famous one, yeah. Another Connecticut thing. They take two pieces of cheese and lay it over the burger on the griddle. And the cheese, it's American cheese, it gets crisp. It really, it turns into almost a frico oh, on the edges. Yeah, It's so crazy good. I love that place. No, Shady I haven't Glenn, had if you're it. Ever... I got to check it out. I've had yeah. the steam burgers. Do you like the steam burgers? Um, I, the, yeah, I like, yeah. The, I like the softness of it. It's not my favorite, but you know, I, I wouldn't refuse to eat one. Right. But it's a little, you know, it's a little bit like pap, you know, it's just yeah, very kind yeah. of soft. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so here's one, I know you're going to say, what? This is impressive, but it takes a lot of time, but it really doesn't. Shrimp risotto. Mm-hmm. Right, so you make the stock ahead of time, or you can just buy seafood stock if you want. Mm-hmm. Even chicken stock is fine. The thing people don't realize is you can make risotto up to the last, like the last five percent. It's all right. ready to go, and all you have to do when it comes time to eat, you get the remaining stock boilingly hot, not just simmering, because mm-hmm. it's been the risotto's been sitting for a bit. You take that, you put the last couple of spoonfuls in or ladlefuls in, you stir mm-hmm. it to loosen it up. And it's perfect. It's ready to go. That's how restaurants do it, right? Exactly. It's exactly how restaurants do it. They do the same thing with pasta too. They don't sit there and cook for 11 minutes. They are partially cooked. Then they dip them again, like in almost a fry basket. They dip it into Mm -hmm. boiling water. Bada bing, bada boom, you're done. Right. Okay, I want to talk about one of my favorite forms of summer entertaining, which is vacation house rental cooking. Love it. I love it. My favorite. You are forced to be creative. Oh my God, I love right? it so much. You open up like the fridge and the, the pantry and you're like, okay, what did somebody else leave for me and what can I do with it? I exactly. love that. Because you know they're not gonna have all the tools that you have for the most oh, part. So you gotta be creative. And I find that I cook more simply 
It has better flavor because I'm not smothering with all kinds of stuff. And it's usually very fresh seafood or right. very fresh uh, protein like beef or something. But usually it's seafood because we're by the water most of the time. But it's so wonderful. And don't you feel like you sort of give yourself permission to just relax a little bit? Yep. Hey, I'm in a rental house. There's only so much I can do here. Isn't that yeah. silly though that we need that to like relax and enjoy ourselves? Yeah, <laughs> to get off my back. I'm doing the best I can with what I've got. Absolutely. Okay, well, here's my go-to because, you know, obviously when you're renting a house, you don't want to have to like buy an entire house worth of grocery. Right. So I have this marinade and it's actually in the current issue of Yankee. And my friend Kristen taught this to me. It's soy sauce, mm -hmm. a sweet thing like honey or maple syrup mm -hmm. and garlic. That's it. That's it. You put it wow. in a bag and you put like a nice meaty fish like salmon or tuna in there. Mm -hmm. Let it marinate for like 30 minutes grill it. It's so good. It's so, so simple. Easy. So easy. So good. You can put a little oil in there if you want, but you really don't need to because the fish doesn't usually, it's not like a sticky situation. Yeah. And then I will sometimes, you know, reduce the sauce or just cook it to kill yeah. off any bacteria. Mm -hmm. And you can serve that on the side, a little grilled corn or bok choy or something. Easy peasy. You're done. Yeah. Yep. So good. Yep. And so I tend to turn toward shellfish for the most part, because I love mm -hmm. shellfish. So it's either clams or mussels or shrimp, sometimes lobster, but not really, because I don't like the killing part. So I have yeah. them kill it and then I bring it home. Uh, <laughs> and it's something like that. And just, you know, I like the pairing, the Portuguese pairing of pork and shellfish. I just love yes. that. It's just, I love it. And so I'll do something like that. Or sometimes a wine, a cream wine sauce, a mm. creamy sauce with maybe a little bit of mustard in it with cream and mm -hmm. some herbs. Uh, and I just toss it in that Amazing. after it's all opened up. Because all of the brine comes out, all the liquor yes. comes out and mixes and makes that incredible it's its sauce. sauce. And then I used to bake bread like the, the artisan five minute a day bread. Right. But I don't do that anymore because it's just a pain in the ass sometimes to organize it all. So I'll just buy a really nice loaf of bread for all that juice, mm -hmm. for all that sopping up because sopping up is a great thing. Yeah. And having a big bowl of just broken apart bread that people just sop, oh, I just love it. Oh, it's so just good. marvelous. It is and such it, a good meal. And you're by the sea and you smell it and and the birds are there and it's just, mm. oh, it's wonderful. Life is good. And the breeze, good. it's the best, yeah. I have one more question for you about mm -hmm. easy entertaining because okay. this comes up every time. When people say to you, what can, you know, you invite them to dinner, they say, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, we're coming. What mm. can I make? Do you ever take them up on it? No. Not once ever, no. Really? No. Once in a while, if it's a weeknight and very good friends mm -hmm. who live in my neighborhood and there's a very good bakery in my neighborhood, I'll say, yeah, why don't you get the cookies from Oh, something the like that. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. But what can I make? Like can I make something? It's like Yeah. Because no. no. it's is it gonna blend? Is it not how good of a cook are you? No. Right. I don't I'm too controlling that way. But I'll say bring wine. You know, when yes. people say, what can we bring? I say, nothing but your lovely selves. Yes. That is really our standard line. And then they bring wine or something like that. But right. no, I don't, unless it's a potluck. Yeah. And I know that people make certain things that are really good. Then yeah. we'll just throw this potluck together. But for the most part, no, that's not a big thing. Yeah. I don't usually, I used to, I think when I was younger, it would be, you know, make a salad. I, I wouldn't. Nobody wants to tote a salad no. on their lap in the and car. No one really eats salad. I, I don't know. I just, I don't think people eat salad. 
Oh, really? No, I do. We well, do? I grew up with that thing where we would have the main dish, and I think yeah. this is an Italian thing, and then we'd have salad after. It was well, like that's, that's European, yeah, very European. Oh, uh, American is to have the salad first. Right, yes. And see, I'm thinking, why are you going to feed people rabbit food and get them all filled with that and also (laughs) the stuff on the coffee table before the the main event? You want the main event, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, people rarely, I mean, some people eat salad, but for the most part, no. And the one always gets so disappointed. With the salad? Yeah, because he makes this what he calls a $2,000 salad (laughs) recipe because he got it when we went to a French cooking school in Normandy and it cost $2,000 for the class and it's the only thing he makes from it. So he calls it his $2,000 salad dressing recipe. And it's delicious. It really is wonderful. But he gets disappointed if people don't want salad. Right. Well, one trick, if you want to make a salad for your dinner party and you're worried people won't eat it and you don't want to have a fully dressed salad wilting in your fridge, Mm. use escarole because escarole will hold up. Really? In a dressing for at least 24 hours, you can actually eat an escarole salad the next day. It's still crunchy and really good. So that's my tip. Well, what he does, which I think is very clever, is he'll get a big bowl. He'll have his greens in there that he's washed. And then he rolls them in paper towel that's slightly damp. Right. So that kind of keeps them nice and cold. And then he puts it around that in the middle of it is a ball jar of the dressing. And so whenever he wants to serve it, Later, earlier, he just takes it out right. and then he tosses it. He never tosses a salad or dresses it until right before, always right before. Yeah. That's great. So this episode, we really wanted to talk about cooking because we often will do like yeah. food adjacent topics, you know, <laughs> yeah, our do. pantries, food trends, <laughs> and we have fun. Our husbands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this time we wanted to be a little more like on the nose with the food and the cooking. Exactly. I think we did it. Yeah, we did. So now we go back to our fun sort of food adjacent topics. (laughs) But we do want to know what you're interested in hearing. If you enjoy the podcast, just let us know. Is there a topic you want us to talk about? Mm -hmm. A guest you want us to have? Just let us know because we want your input. Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Overt Studios. And our producer is the very impressive and always stressless Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam and Overt Studios at overtstudios.com. And remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And a new feature, if you like what you hear, you can support us, just like public media. You'll find a link on our show page on your favorite podcast platform. So click it, and even a dollar will do. Ciao. Bye, David. Bye.